Welcome back to Dirt Talk. Today we have a an individual that's been on the podcast multiple times before. So he's a Dirt Talk veteran. He's probably been on it almost as much as I have at this point. It's Mr. Herb Sargent of Sargent Corporation. How you doing, Herb? Great. Good morning, Aaron. He's on vacation today, and so he's giving us. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why he's giving us some of his vacation time, but he is, which is very generous. And uh, it's all he, worth it. Uh, well, we'll find out. And um, the the purpose of today, I, I visited Herb a few weeks ago in Maine. Got to finally see Sergeant Corporation tour job sites, and, and it was a really really good time. Um, and he had said uh, he wanted to record an episode of their podcast with me. So they have an internal podcast that they do for all the employees at Sergeant Corporation, which is it, it's in in. Herb, you can probably talk to that a little bit as far as the results have been. But yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been fantastically successful. Is I guess the uh, the summary I've heard so far. But he sure. also said, yeah. you know, hey, can we, you know, can I interview you for your podcast? And I said, okay. So here we are. Nobody's doing, ever done that yet, right? We have not done that. Nope. So this is <laughs> this is a first for me, uh, but I'm excited for it. Well, good. So, so should we dispatch with you know get a little bit of dirt talk in? So that you don't get get accused of not having dirt in your podcast. Uh, well, I think we gave up on that a long time ago, Herb. Okay. I, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. So that that was the intent, but we have uh, we've abandoned that whole that whole concept. So I see. Although I I did have uh, Ryan Neal from Caterpillar on yesterday, and we we talked about excavators the entire time. So there's some dirt talk. Dirt talk coming up. Yep. Well, well I I thought I thought it would be good to to have an opportunity to talk to you, Aaron. Uh, just a conversation, really, more than an interview. But you've been very open and transparent about things going on in your life, anxiety and that sort of thing. And and the way I was raised, if you showed emotion, that was a weakness. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, just it's kind of always the way I've been. And uh, then I got I got thinking about as I, you know, as I mentioned you, I lost my dad about a month ago. And uh, one of the comments that I got from someone was that when he said something, you could take it to the bank and, and he, he was really good that way, but he didn't show a lot of passion. <clears throat> and I guess kind of what I wondered is, isn't, isn't emotion at the root of passion? That's kind of a question or a thought I had. Yeah. It's, I don't know. No, no emotion I think is the norm in this industry. I call it, you know, t- a tough guy industry. Everyone, uh, we're all humans, so we all have emotion, but it's it's just for whatever reason taught that you can't show it in construction or any blue collar industry or just as a man in general a lot of times. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of a, a bummer because this is, uh, we're, we're in a really emotional industry. It's very stressful at times. There's a lot of things that go wrong. It's, you know, you have camaraderie with the people you work with. So you have pretty deep relationships with those alongside you. You know, it comes at a cost um, as far as your family goes a lot of times. And, and it's, it's you know, there's a lot of divorces and a lot of alcoholism and a lot of drug addiction. And it's just a shame that people don't talk about it more. So yeah. That, that's why I talk about it, just because it's, I, I kind of want to change a little bit of that. It's like, why don't we talk about it? What's, why, why are we ignoring this when everyone, you know, has feelings and, and this and that? I, and it. I don't feel bad about doing it. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm only 25, so I don't know a whole lot, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit, I'm about 2.3 times your age. Um, 
and that thing about, you know, work versus family life, I've, I made myself a note here to touch on that a little bit later. Yesterday, you posted on LinkedIn a post called Pain and Emotion in Work. And I thought it was a pretty powerful post. And, you know, I'd made notes two or three times for this podcast. And then all of a sudden, that, that post kind of blew me out of the water. And, yeah. You know, it's... And, and, go ahead. It's just it's just weird to me. I've seen a lot of people talk about it. It's like a lot of big time business people talk about too how emotion has no place in business, and I just don't I don't get that. I I don't emotion such an important part of my business, and it's it's such an important part of who I am. So if I wasn't emotional in business, I'd be I'd be lying to people. I feel like it makes my business better. It makes it makes our team better. It makes our culture better. It makes our my relationships with people like you. You know I, I we. You, you are technically a customer. So I, if I said, I'm, you know, I'm not going to have any kind of emotion in business. I'm going to just draw the line, work-life balance, just no, no uh, life into work. We wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. Right. It, it, a conversation like this would not even be a, a question. I, I would never have a, a, an emotional conversation with, you know, a customer. Why the hell would I do that? But to me, it, it just makes it makes everything we do so much better, and it's it's honest. It's just, hey, if this is who I am, this is who I am. I don't, I'm not going to try to make make myself into something I'm not. But interestingly, I think a lot of people, uh, when they hear someone's emotional, it, it they automatically assume that what what it means is they break down crying every hour or something like that. Yeah, and I mean, emotions can be expressed a lot of different ways, and that, you know, I see it on job sites all the time. When, you know, when somebody bells home a piece of pipe, you know, and it's and it's right on grade and they give uh, the operator the OK sign and, you know, everybody breaks a big grin, you know, or a pipe test and everybody's happy. Uh, compaction test passes and, you know, you give a thumbs up. And to me, those are all emotions, too. And, and, and I, I think we I think we've misdefined emotion a little bit, that emotion is only the, the, the negative or the sad side. And, and never the happy side. Yeah, or the temperamental side or whatever it may be. Or, you know, like on job sites, every time I go on a job site, people are telling jokes and they're just laughing, having a good time. That's all, it's it's just being a human. It's it's everyone's emotional. And yeah. I, 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 I was, I guess I, I'm this way because a lot of people in this industry have, you know, their dads were were like this. They were just hard asses. That we're taught, you know, never show emotion. That's a sign of weakness. Just keep your head down, bust your ass, and and that's that's how you do it. Like the tough love mentality. Whereas my dad was, he's just not like that. He's not blue collar, so he hasn't ever had to adopt that mentality. And and he's 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 very soft and gentle and thoughtful, and and he's really just not the traditional like manly man. And he doesn't care yeah. about that because it's not who he is. And so I grew up with that underneath that. So I kind of I, I never. I was never skewed thinking that like a man needs to be Mr. Tough guy because my dad's not like that. Well, my dad was pretty much exactly the way you described and, and right till literally the day he died, he talked about tough love and how well it worked with me. And, you know, that, that was the way I put it is, you know, my dad had very few tools in his toolbox when it came to relating with people. Um, he had like the sledgehammer and the carpenter saw, and that's all he had. He didn't have any sandpaper or any, any, you know, 200 grit, anything. It was all 
40 grit and that's just the way he was and I, it, I'm, I'm not beating up on my dad but that's just the way he was but as I saw you know my own children growing up I could sense that I was somewhat that way and when my when my son was about 15 I it just kind of it hit with me you know that I, I was being with him the same way that my dad was with me that nothing matters but what I say and it changed the way I looked at things it changed the way that I came home at night and you know I, I'm very sorry it took till he was 15 to figure that out but I'm very happy that it did at that time yeah well I I, I, I kind of got the best of both worlds because if I had just got my dad's softer more loving side I would argue that I would not have made it very far in construction because you do need pretty thick skin you do need to know when to be emotional and when to just keep your head down and I got that well, from my, sure, yeah. my friend's dad who was like, uh, he, he's just total tough guy, just absolute uh, hard ass, no emotion whatsoever, just get it done. And I got to kind of be under him for a little bit, but I wasn't under him full time because I feel like that would have been super detrimental for me. Uh, so I got, yeah. a, I got a little bit of both, I guess. Well, it, it's good to have, and, and I've had a number of mentors over the course of my life. I mean, I still maintain contact with my little league baseball coach in Jessup, Georgia, you know, and that's been 40 something years ago. You have to find a, a really hall of fame place for people like these in your heart and your mind that have a, have an impact on you as you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, I, I got it pretty good. And I, I, I think in business to vulnerability and emotion has got me so much further than if I just played the tough guy, tough guy role. Yeah. Cause it's just, I, I don't know. I don't, it's just basic. People want to deal with other humans. They want to know that like you're like them. They want to be, they want you to be relatable. And if I'm saying, yeah, Hey, I'm not perfect. I am going through shit. I am, I am all over the place or I'm angry or I'm sad. They're experiencing that same stuff too, or they've experienced it before now I'm relatable to them. And now, you know, we have a deeper connection with one another beyond just yeah, talking dollars right. and talking business. It's yeah, I've, I've been there and, and that's, you know, some people maybe don't want, there's no right, right or wrong way to do business, but that's how I want to do business. I want those deeper relationships. I want to connect with those that we work with because that's just, that's the model I want to pursue. And I want to connect with the people I lead now too, because we have, you know, it's a, a bigger yeah. and bigger team every week, it seems. And I want to show them like, Hey, I'm not like, don't put me up on this pedestal because I'm not this, this perfect human that has stuff figured out at 20. I, I have nothing figured out and it's okay to talk about this stuff. It's okay to screw things up. It's okay to, to fail and be down about it. I mean, I just, that was our first internal podcast was failure and it's okay to kick yourself a little bit. Like that's, that's all okay to do. I was watching the Michael Jordan documentary the other day. It's, it has to be one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, but I'll have to take a look at that. It's unbelievable. But there was a episode where it talked about how he just got ripped apart for his gambling. And because everyone had put him up on this pedestal and thought he was just this absolute perfect human specimen. And they found out that he was gambling a lot of money and then they, they just shredded him, absolutely shredded him for no reason. And he said, you know, 
gambling's not illegal. I wasn't doing anything wrong whatsoever. I was just, you know, hey, I'm I'm a human too. Like, why why are you making me out to be this perfect being? I'm not. Like, you don't even know who I am. Why are you talking and who gives you the right to say who I am and who I'm not? Like, this it, this is me. This is I, I'm just doing what I do. And it was yeah, fascinating. On the, other side of that, on the other side of that, the people that are doing all the judging likely have skeletons in their own closet, right? I mean, I've, I've been in a judgmental place in my life in the past, and I've, I think I've, for the most part, been able to, to not be that person. You know, I had my certain ideas about this and that, you know, and, and various things like that. But who are we to all to judge? Yeah. And so, you know, that Michael Jordan may have some kind of a, of, of an underbelly to him that didn't seem attractive to others. It's none of their business. Yeah. 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 It's like, um, it was another podcast too. this guy. Like he swears a lot. Andy Frisella, you you know who he is. Yeah. And, and yeah. He, he gets shredded by parents because, you know, they say, hey, can you, can you just not swear as much so my kids can, you know, listen to you? And I really want you to to, you know, share with them what, what you have to say, but I really don't want you to swear. And he just says, you know, listen, this is who I am. So if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Like it's not my responsibility to parent your kids. That's not my responsibility. Why don't you go be a right. parent for your kids? Why, why, why do you have to go sit here and criticize me for what I'm doing just because I can't parent your kids? I mean, you just do it yourself. Like it, and it makes perfect sense to me. It's like, don't, don't put me in this place, this perfect place that I don't make me out to be someone I'm not. This is just who I am. Yeah, it's a difficult place to put somebody. I mean, just, just for him to be who he is. And so, Frank, you and I talked about this briefly one time. And I think he's got a lot to, to offer. It's not my style, so I don't listen to him much. But yeah. I think he's probably going to sleep anyway. He sleeps very well in that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's worried about what Herb Sargent thinks of him. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's a good thing. Yep. So, you know, recently you had a couple podcasts that you hung yourself out to drive because you failed to schedule people to be on that, that just kind of described your experiences as you kind of came out of adolescence, post-adolescence, I guess, into the into the work world and college and all that sort of stuff. A lot of, so what everybody got in those podcasts was really kind of a resume, a set of experiences that, that Aaron Witt's gone through, but in addition to that, you and everybody else is really a litany of various confidences and inhibitions as well. And so I thought that your post yesterday on LinkedIn about pain, emotion, and work was good. And and the anxiety piece is a question I've had for you because I listened to you and Ken White in a podcast a few weeks ago, and I'm going to paraphrase, but he was like, don't tell me you've never had anxiety because when you sign on this on this list or on this note for a piece of equipment or on this bid for this project I know you've got anxiety and I got to tell you I honestly have never felt it that way and so I'm I'm going to just ask you you know, when you say you have anxiety how does it manifest itself yeah what do you feel is there is there is a, a physical in, um, manifestation or an emotional one. It's definitely, it's, it's definitely physical. And I hadn't, I hadn't felt any kind of anxiety whatsoever until two years ago or so. It's funny, you know, in hindsight, things are, life is so funny. My, my girlfriend in college, she had really, really bad anxiety and her mother had bad. It was, it was a, 
it was a whole family thing. Their their family struggled with it, and so it's contagious, maybe. Well, it's it's <laughs> you know it it really is genetic. It, it's it's amazing yeah. how how that works. But I always thought like, listen, like it's just in your head. Like you just need to breathe a little bit, calm down. Like you just need to chill out a little bit. I could never ever empathize with her because I'd never felt it and I didn't understand it at all. And I thought you just had to just chill out a little bit. So that's how I'd gone just because I was totally naive. I get, I get to, you know, about a year in business. And then I had a girlfriend, a girlfriend for the first year in business. And then it was just, it became too much. And she's just like, Hey, I, I can't do this anymore. So then I had just massive, from that point on, I had massive anxiety just about daily. And I, it wasn't because of the breakup. It's like, oh yeah, boohoo, a, a girl broke up with you, poor kid. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that it wasn't anything to do with her whatsoever. It was more so that it exposed a lot of other stuff in the past that I hadn't really dealt with. And I think anxiety is just an indicator it's a, for, for, for me, at least I can only speak to myself here. It's, sure. it's an indicator for me. It's, it's saying, Hey, uh, you need to think through some things. You need to work through some things. There's some, there's some unresolved issues here and we need to take care of those. It's not something that I feel like I want to numb. I feel like it's a really good thing. Yeah. I feel like it's my body and sure. my mind saying, Hey, like you let's, let's work through this. And, and it's, it's an indicator that, I'm, I'm, that? I'm growing. Well, it's, um, I, I exercise is a really, really big piece of the equation for me. Um, yeah. if I didn't exercise, I would be an absolute wreck. I feel like, and if I didn't eat well, and if I didn't sleep well, I'm, I'm very particular about how I treat my body these days, especially I yeah. don't, I don't like drinking all that much. I don't like staying up late. Like I just, I, I really like to be careful about my body. Cause I know if I treat my body well, my mind functions better and I perform better. So that's number one. Number two is just talking things through and thinking about things and, and just letting your mind wander and, and giving your mind time and space to think about things. I feel like it's oh, an easy thing for a lot of people to do. Well, it's scary. It's scary to just let your mind wander. I, I get into this trap too. It's I'm always listening to music in the car or just little things like that. I'm always trying to keep my mind busy because I'm afraid of just where it's going to go if it wanders. But sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta turn things off and okay, where's it gonna go? Let's let's go there. Let's start, let's start diving into things. Or if you don't want to do it on your own, you know, call someone, call a friend, and you know, hey, this is where I'm at right now, and just have a super honest conversation. So that helps me. Um, writing really helps me. So just writing, you know, how I'm processing like everything. Well, I do it publicly, so I put, go post yep. it on the internet, like you just said, for. <laughs> Uh, for, I guess, uh, a lot of people to see, but that it's really selfish. It's really me working through my own thoughts and articulating my yep. own thoughts. So it's somewhat of a selfish pursuit there, I'd say. But that's, I guess that's how I've done it. I've, I've just, I, 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 do you ever, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to ask you, do you ever get to the bottom, like the root cause of what, what the anxiety is, or is it, is it, you know, a number of things that, um, I feel like a lot of it's from early, like childhood. My parents got divorced early on and there was a lot of turmoil after that happened. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of it is from that place. Um, yeah. and I haven't 
necessarily dealt with all those issues quite yet. I actually want to find a new therapist here in Nashville to keep digging into some of that kind of stuff to really just, you know, face the demons and, and, oh, wow, they're not even that scary. And I can get through this. I just haven't spent the time to really sit down and go through it because it's like you're, you go through painful periods of time and I feel like your mind just almost eliminates it from your memory, but it's still, it's still there. (laughs) So I can't really, you can't really recall it until you spend time like really digging into it and recreating. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That actually happened. Um, so I really want to work through that kind of stuff, but I don't know the business. Those are some some of the things that aren't that fun to confront. No, no. I mean, I I was in a similar situation when, when my parents were eight years old, they divorced my dad. My mom is from Georgia. My dad is from Maine. So she moved to Georgia with us all. And you know, it was, don't be showing emotion when I come to visit (laughs) from my dad, you know? Yeah. And at eight years old, okay, you're the man of the house here now. And then off you go to back to Maine. Yeah. And, so those things aren't really fun things to, to try to tease through. No. And you know, frankly, a huge part of the population suffered similar, you know, experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone's been through something. Everyone. Right. I've, I've, and me realistically, I've had it really, really, really good my entire life comparatively uh, speaking, sure. but it's not like, um, I, again, I listened to a conversation the other day and they were, they were saying that everyone like, they want to prove that they had, they had it worse than the next guy. Or he, it was funny. He equated it to the temperature, for example. So if someone's, and I've heard this all the time because I'm from Arizona and I've been guilty of this so many times over. Someone says it's really hot today. And then I have to go say, well, no, 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 no. I'm from Arizona. I've seen right. real, I've had it way worse than you've had. And it, it's like a competition. Who's had it worse. It's like, no, no one's had it worse. There's no one. There's no competition here. Two. No one's had it worse than anyone else. It's you know your own sense of pain, your own sense of suffering, and that's unique to you. And you've been through your own stuff. Like, and it could be a walk in the park to the next guy, but it's the same degree of hard for the both of you. Uh, and, well, everybody's got a everybody's got a, an inventory, right? That of of things that they probably wish didn't happen, and that you know. Uh, I've got a lot more of those than, than I wish, you know, and most of them were, were things I brought on myself, yeah. but, uh, started to say it's tough to go there, but I think it's also important to go there. And, and I've, I've had to do some, some soul searching in my life in the last 10 years is, you know, as I got divorced and am now remarried and, you know, in a perfect place, but there's, there's a lot of changes, a lot of things you have to, have to take inventory on and, and face head on. What did you, and I'm just curious, what, what, what were the lessons you gleaned from, you know, a, a failed marriage and then, you know, finding, finding a new one? Well, I'll start with the second part of that, finding a new wife, you know, and, and being single at say 52, I think it was Yeah. in going into the dating world at that age, having been out of it for over 30 years is like waking up in the middle of the night and somebody moves the furniture around on you. It's like, you know, you keep ramming your shins into the, into the coffee table and, you know, fall down here and there. And frankly, for me, there wasn't, I didn't date a lot of girls. I happened to find the woman that I married fairly quickly and, and we had known each other just in the business sense uh, at some point. So, you know, thrilled to death with the way that's turned out. But 
going through the divorce and, and understanding, you know, that, that I was the one that created the situation that, that caused divorce, it, it made me understand, uh, and I'll probably get early on a subject that I was, was going to hit later on, is that if I had focused more on, on bringing value, and this is kind of my comment to you on LinkedIn yesterday, if I'd focused more on bringing value to the life side of my life as much as I did the work side of my life, there would have been a lot less gnashing of teeth in my life. Yeah. And to me, you know, when I, everybody talks about work-life balance and it's hard to get, you know, the simple mathematical equation is you're going to spend as much time at life as you do at work. Well, that doesn't really, in most scenarios, when you factor in sleep, it doesn't equal out. So you have to, you have to have more concentrated quality time on your life side and find ways to, to deliver more value to the people that you that you love, whether it's your family or your friends or, or other people out there. Yeah. So I kind of went out, out of bounds on you with that answer, but no, no, that, that uh, that's, that's good. That's what I'm trying to, try you know, to try figure me, it out. For me, there's, you know, there's been a lot of guilt on my side that, that I have to, I have to work around and I mean, it's hard to not acknowledge it's there. It's hard just not to say, no, I'm not guilty for things, but I guess acknowledging that it's there and understanding the real key is that it doesn't define me. That guilt doesn't define me going forward. Yeah. So you can, you know, somebody gave me a a journal one time that said something to the effect of, uh, you can't rewrite your past story, but you can write a new story from here. And that's, that's really where I've been the last many years. Yeah. Well, and that's, I'm kind of getting a lesson that right now, you know, I just, I believed in some things very strongly that I just found out that weren't true. And I just feel like an idiot and, and, you know, someone did some, some bad things, but then at the other side of it, it's just like, it's a really good lesson in grace. Uh, and, And I'm not, I'm not angry. It's like people, Hey, people are human. I am not one to judge. That is not my position. I'm not one to say where they are, or where they aren't. It's, it's, that's their deal and they're going to work through it and, and they're going to end up better off, I hope. And then, you know, I need to work through, I need to give myself grace and be like, Hey, like you're, you did what you could have. You, you did everything you could have. And, and you were, you know, you were, you were, you were giving it your honest best. This is what happened, but it's okay. Like you, you made a little bit of a mistake, but you're fine. It's, it's, that's just what being human is. You're going to screw things up. Yeah. So grace is a big thing to, 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 for yourself and, and for others. You know, I, I uh, was talking to Michael Bauman a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about people and I was talking to one of my superintendents one day and I was telling Michael a story and he was telling me, you know, so-and-so he got on my shit list and I told him he's on my shit list and I told him you don't get off my shit list once you get on it. Yeah. And I said, that's the total wrong story to tell somebody. That's what good does it do you to build yourself a shit list and carry it around with you? Yeah. It does you no good. And so really the thing you need to do is go back to that individual and say, okay, you do know you're on my shit list, but there is a way off and this is the way. And kind of that's the way my, the end of my first marriage was. I knew I was on the shit list and there was no way of getting it out. And then the only way you can get off the shit list is really exit it. 
and my point with this with this guy was you need to make sure he knows that he's not there forever because he's just going to leave right yeah. why would somebody told me that and okay there's no sense hanging around here it makes but having that sense. grace and yeah having that grace with others and you know one of the things one of the things my dad always uh, you know if somebody wronged him in business that was the end he you, he never did business with him again you know, and he had his shit list and I kind of inherited that from him, not his particular list, but the, the skill of, of identifying who should be on it. And more recently I've, you know, that's just, um, I mean, forgiveness is a big thing. And if you, if you don't forgive people for things, I mean, it's one thing to, to go back and take it all again, right. To get beat up again, but you know, forgiving people is, when when you don't, it weighs on you more than it does them. Right, well, and that's the thing. Like I've I've had my own shit list, well, especially in business, and it just it takes such an enormous mental toll on yourself just to carry that weight around, and then you finally get I mean, rid of yeah. it, and you're just like, oh, why why did I even do that? What what was the point to me carrying that around? It was why, and maybe I had to carry it around a little bit, but I've been carrying it around for so long now. Why didn't I just get rid of it? And then you, you finally do, and it's just it's just such a relief. Um, and yeah. you know the beautiful thing for you is you're 25 and you've got that figured out. It took me, you know, I was 30 years your senior when I started to figure that stuff out. Well, but, well, I'm, I'm trying to leverage you know other people that have already figured it out because that's the thing is like yeah, there's some things you can only you, you have to figure out on your own, but you don't have to make every mistake yourself. Like you can. Everyone has made all the mistakes already. You just got to find them and then implement them in your life so you can avoid at least some of the pain that they've already endured for you. But a lot of people, they just have to go learn everything themselves and then they're spinning their wheels the rest of their life. We find that. And that's one of the most discouraging things about my job and owning a company is we have, you know, 375 great people. But on occasion, you see them make decisions that are not in their best interest. Um, whether it's, you know, they don't put enough money in the 401k for, for future retirement or, you know, they're just not healthy or whatever. And it's, you know, we're very fortunate that most of the people we have take care of themselves and are looking for the future, but just trying to, trying to keep these guys from making the same mistakes that their parents made or, or others in the, in our business made. It's, uh, like you said, you don't have to learn everything. Well, you don't have to learn everything yourself unless you insist on it. No, no. And I, I, I that's the kind of stuff I take really personally too. And I guess it, it, it's somewhat relatable to what, what just happened. It was, you know, someone did something that was so far below their potential and character so far below it that it just, it, it is so frustrating to me because it's just like, you're so much, you're so far beyond this. Like why, yeah. You, why are you doing this? Is you're, you're so gifted. You're so brilliant. You're, you've, you're in such a good place. Why would you ever do something like this? This is not who you can be. And it's just, it's really, really frustrating because I can see it clearly since I'm on the outside. Obviously, it's totally different for them, but it's just, it's, it, and I've always been frustrated by when people do stupid things. It's like, you, you shouldn't, why are you doing that? And then they go do it anyway. Yeah. And it's just, for me, it's it's really frustrating when people don't live up to what I think their potential is. Yeah, and it's sometimes really difficult for people to, you know, when they're in the picture to see outside the frame. Yeah, and well, yeah, you know, 
they're they're just whatever kind of weaknesses or temptations or whatever comes along you know it's it's sad to watch that yeah but you, you can only control you i guess i yeah. guess and going back to anxiety too before we're totally off that we're, we're totally off it but going back to it the other form of anxiety i have that doesn't really have to do with past stuff is social anxiety and it's yeah. it's bad and i've always i've always had that for sure I've just never been able to fit in anywhere really with my peers. Not that I'm, I am no better than anyone. I really, really genuinely believe that, but I, I just don't fit in. And it's so, it's mentally exhausting a lot of times because I know like, yeah, I'm paying my dues now. Like I know I'm going to get the, get the life I want, but I don't quite see it yet. So it's just, you, you kind of have to maintain that sense of belief and not let it get totally distorted in the day-to-day punches. But it's really hard when I'm around people my age because I'm in a totally different place than they are. And it's so unrelatable to me. And it's such a struggle to relate to other people that are my age. They're just in a different place and I can't, I can't even relate. And and then it gives me more anxiety because it's like you just, as a human, you just want to fit in with the people around you. Like as comfortable as you are with yourself, like you just, you kind of have that longing to fit in. And when you don't, it's just like, ah, man, this it's, it maybe I'm not as confident and comfortable as I think I am, but that's another, that was this past weekend. It was just brutal social anxiety. Cause it, it was just me. Like I just, I cannot relate. I'm in a different place right now. I am in a, I'm in such a different mindset. And again, it's no better, no worse, but just different that yeah. I, I can't but, but- see eye to eye with these people. And I don't mean to sound like I'm blowing smoke here, and I'm not, and you don't need me to blow smoke, but I think you operate at a different um, at a different level than most kids your age. Most, And I've, pardon me for calling you a kid, but you are, no, I am. from my point of view. Yeah. You know, you the maturity level that you are dealing with and, and the things that you process and, and the work you have going on and the people you know, you're, you're frankly well ahead of all those people that I see in that age band um, who are still, you know, even though they're three out of three years out of college, still living in college, some of them. And so I can appreciate where you're coming from that, on that. In, in my world, I was always around older people too at work. And I mean, I was always the youngest until all of a sudden I wasn't, but I was always the youngest around and, and to try to relate with the older people was not easy and then relating with my own peers back home um, because I was only home two days a week or whatever was, was also not that easy, but that's, you know, your, your differentiation there is something you ought to celebrate, not in a prideful way, but in a way that, you know, that, you know, you mentioned the life I want, you know, you ought to celebrate it in a way that it can help you get there. Yeah, no. And I, I do. I, 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 I have a good mindset about it a lot of times and I've never once apologized for not being like everyone else. I don't feel bad about it, but it's definitely a little bit of uh, irrational anxiety is I guess the best way to say it in some of those social situations. So going back to the, to the life you want, what does that look like for you in five years, 10 years? You know, I do want money. I'm not afraid of saying that. I want a lot of money. Yep. I want a lot of freedom. You know, even, I don't know if I should say this publicly, but it's like flying commercial. I don't want to do that. 
I, 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 and just for, for business sense, like I, there's just so many advantages to, you know, maybe just having a plane. Um, and I want, you know, a farm that I can go to with animals and I can raise my kids on a farm. I just want, I want freedom. I, I really want control over my life and over, uh, my family's life. And I don't want anyone yep. pushing me around. So yep. one of the basic requirements of that is money. And I've seen it my whole life. Like you, money gets you greater access. It gets you more freedom and more control. It really is important. So I do want that. I don't know when I, there's no, um, yeah, there's no, there's no, no timeline. timeline. Yeah. I don't know when that's yeah. going to be. It's just going to be someday. Well, that's the kind of thing you can't push anyways. No, I mean, no. Some of that stuff, is the money thing can happen as you build it, but the other stuff, you know, the family and all that stuff, you can't push that. That's going to happen when the time's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as far as relationship goes, I really want a fantastic relationship. I saw my parents get divorced. I've seen that. I want nothing to do with that ever, 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 ever. That'll never be a damn option. I just, that's not something I ever want to pursue. So I, I really want that. And I really just want to be a present father you know, my dad wasn't around a lot early on. And then he was around a lot later because he retired early. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just really want to be there and be present if nothing else. And and so that's, I don't know if that's going to be in 10 years. I don't, again, there's no real timeline to any of this, but that's, that's really wanna, where I want to go. I really like fathers that are around. I don't just want to be working all the time. I really want to be there for them and, and there to just play with them and have fun and teach them and, show them how to work, you know, work alongside them, that yeah. kind of thing. And that's, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool element of happiness. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I was talking to, to somebody a year or so ago and, and we we're talking about someone else that just didn't seem to be happy. And this guy said to me, boy, that's a tough way to look for happiness. You know what? And I said, do, do, you, do you really look for happiness or do you choose it? Yes. And, and I believe you choose it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, you know, like like you and like millions of other people have had a number of reasons to, to not feel particularly uplifted through my childhood and whatever. But I, I can tell you that I was always driving around. Like when I was going from job to job, I just would marvel at myself how fortunate I've been to have the number of people that took an interest in me and including my wife at the time, uh, my kids. You know, my dad, like yours, he retired early and then was around a lot. But just to have the number of people that took an interest in me, I just was like exuberantly joyful all the time. Yeah. It's hard not to but be. I, yeah. I don't know if I chose that or if it just came naturally to me. I don't know. I think it, I think you have to work for it. But it's like a lot of people say, you know, if you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy later. You know, if you think something's going to get you happiness, you're sadly mistaken. Um, and I think it, like you just said, I think it's largely rooted in gratitude, just being really grateful for where you're at right now and what you have like, even that, that LinkedIn post, it was, again, I don't post that stuff. And I, I, I I almost cringe when people reach out after I post stuff like that, because it's like, yeah, I, I, this, that's not why I'm posting this. I I don't, I I just don't want it to appear like I'm, I'm looking for attention. I, cause I'm not in the slightest bit. I just want to share where I'm going through. But a lot of people did reach out and the people that work for BuildWit, a lot of them, uh, just remarkably, you know, a lot of people we work for, a lot of people that I've never met before, a lot of people reach out and, you know, hey, I hope, I hope you're doing all right. 
And it's, it's really cool to see. I mean, that's why I'm feeling so grateful right now. Yeah. It's like, holy smokes. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of people that really genuinely care about me. I don't know why they do, but here they are. And it's pretty cool. Well, you do. And just don't, you know, I haven't met all your team, obviously, but the few I've met, at least via video, you know, great people, but really love working with them. And, you know, then I, I've never met any of the partners that you work with, but I feel like I know many of them because, you know, we, we interact on, on LinkedIn or, or I've actually spoken to some of them, you know, that had questions on different things like ESOP or, or podcasts and different things. But, you know, I think, you know, all these people are thrilled to death to be associated with you and, and grateful the other way. Yeah. Well, we're, we're just, I don't like, um, you know, Warren Buffett, he's famous for saying, I just don't want to work with people I don't want to work with. I want to enjoy yeah. everyone I'm, I work with. And you can, you can do that. It's a, it's a choice. I think you can go design a situation in which you it just genuinely enjoy the people in your life. And, and I, I always hated like growing up in school, you know, when you when your teacher, they give you like two terrible partners in a group project and then they justify it by saying, well, you don't get to choose in life. You know, you're just given who you're given. And I just, it pissed me off. Cause it's like, no, no, you, you don't have to, your hand doesn't have to get dealt for you. You can go pick up the damn cards yourself. Like I, I think so at least. So I want to, it's just the great thing about America. One of the great things about America is, is we have the freedom to do that. Yeah. And so we want to do, yeah, I want to, I want to love everyone that works to build with. I want to love everyone I work with and I want to love everyone we work for. I don't want to work with people that are a pain in the ass. I don't want to work with people that are assholes. It's, and, and we don't have to, but too many businesses, they think they do. They think they just have to tolerate anyone that comes in their door and appeal to everybody. But as soon as you realize like, no, I don't have to be for everybody. And then the whole world changes for you. It's, it's interesting being on the opposite side because as a contractor, we have to bid sometimes to agencies that aren't the easiest to work with. Yes. You know, and, and it's, it's not me that has to endure that difficult working condition. It's, you know, our superintendents, our project manager. And more recently I've, I've kind of taken, you know, we, we need to choose our, our customers a little bit better um, because Again, it's not me. I just, not to oversimplify my job, but I get a financial statement at the end of the month. And and everybody's blood, sweat, and tears is drilled into those numbers. But, you know, really in a way, not mine. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's when we went to a job when you were in, in Maine. I mean, every it's like every job we went to was a disaster for one reason or another. And, you know, I, when we went to that one job, where our pile drive hammer was down and I'm, I'm looking at this poor superintendent, you know, trying to make something out of, out of nothing, you know, and he, he exhausted his plans A, B and C and he was on plan D trying to earn a little bit of money. And I'm like, this guy is the one that he's the one that's really dealing with the problems, not me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and trying, trying to look for better ways to find customers and, and put our folks in situations where they can actually enjoy work every day and not fight. Yeah, you know, and, and it's impossible to avoid difficult people, but if you just approach them with the right mindset, I think it's a lot more enjoyable, if nothing else. Like, if you can't avoid them, sure. if you can't choose, at least just approach them with, you know, patience and respect and grace and, hey, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know where they've been before. You don't know what That's they're right. trying. You don't, you don't know anything about them. So don't sit there and, 
you know, just judge them for however they're treating you. Just, hey, just treat them how you'd like to be treated nonetheless. And it, it's a hell of a lot more enjoyable for you, even if they're being an asshole. So I was talking a little bit earlier about, you know, coming home at the end of the day and bringing value, you know, just some passion, some things to, to kind of like center more, more weight on the life side of the equation. And just curious, what would that mean to you? What, what would that value, what would you like for value from someone that, that shows up at the end of the day and says, you know, my, my work day is over. I'm here with you. What value do you want? As far as like a partner or what? Well, just as far as what, what would make you feel like this makes this time equal to or better than the work time. Yeah. As far as whether well, there's a partner, a friend or whatever. I, I like deeper relationships. I don't just like, you know, oh, what'd you do today? I really want to talk yeah. about things and, and explore things. I like people that I can, that don't take themselves seriously, that just, you know, hey, let's just have fun. Let's just goof around because I just, I goof around all the damn time. And if they're a yep. serious person, we're not going to get along very well. So that's really important. Intelligence is really important. I just, I like talking with intelligent people. It's, it's just, I like having intelligent, meaningful conversation. And I like people that are doing things with their life. Like they're actually, you know, interesting, yeah, so, interesting people. So it's really time from someone you, I mean, you don't need them to, to give you a gift every day. It's really time and the ability to, to kind of mind meld for a while. Yeah. I've, I've, I, this past relationship taught me that I need words more than anything else. I don't need necessarily time, you know, in person. I don't necessarily need gifts or anything. It's really just words. I just, I just want to know that I'm appreciated and loved. And if I hear that, yep. I can, anything else is good for me. I, I, don't, I don't care about anything else as long as I have that. And I didn't really understand that until maybe two months ago, which has been like a pretty cool revelation in my life. Yeah. So it's, you know, when I go home at the end of the day, I, I need to, it's, it's not a natural thing for me to do, to, to just go, okay, you know, I, it's not like I've got a sign on my driveway that says, don't forget to bring value, you know, and but it's something I have to, to continue to work on to to make that part of my life better. And I'm, I'm thankful to have the, the person in my life, my wife, that helps me along that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it'll come. I'm, I'm lucky, too, because I can – I'm pretty good on my own. Like, I'm, I'm very much introverted. So I'm happier on my own and more energized on my own than I am with other people. Um, yeah. do I want to be with other people, you know, long-term? Yeah. But I'm in a fortunate position where I don't need it to function like a lot of other people do. So as I said, I've been working with your folks and Chase and, and Dan on a few other things. And I, I just wanted to, again, say how, how great these folks are to work with. I know there's a lot of people in the background that, that I haven't had the chance to meet, but when you talk about responsiveness and, and passion, and, uh, you know, and, and just being quality people, I want to, I guess, before we shut this thing off, I want to tell you how much I've enjoyed that. Well, I appreciate it. It's, uh, I mean, that's the best compliment we can get. I love hearing about amazing things other people are doing that, you know, have nothing to do with me. That's probably my favorite yeah. thing beyond the work and, you know, our product and this and that. I just like hearing like, 
I love it when people text me and like, hey, you know, Chell was out on site today. You got a damn good guy there. And it's like, you know what? There, I do. Like, I, I don't know how, but I definitely do. And that's probably the best kind of compliment I can get. And by the way, I want to add, I'm still upset with Chell because he didn't take my offered Instagram name of Cello Shots. Well, well <laughs> it's, it, it is way better than Blue Collar <laughs> Photographer. We'll, we'll get him there. We'll, we'll get him there. <laughs> well, I thought if I threw that out for, in, in the ether for him to pick up, maybe he would. But yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, cool stuff. Holy smokes. We covered a lot of ground there. We did. <laughs> I'm going to need a nap after this one, Herb. Uh, that's all right. Good. Case. I might just fall asleep on the boat here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're on vacation. Yeah, I'm on vacation. Man. Well. It's been great to talk to you about this. This is, uh, this is a lot of stuff that kind of I think the world needs to hear more about. Yeah, maybe we'll have to t- start our own talk show one of these days. <laughs> when you I don't have that much time on my hands yet. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah well, I'll wait for your retirement, and then we can maybe pursue it. Well, I told you I was just going to drive you around when I retire. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. I don't have I don't have my uh, instrument rating anymore, so I can't fly you. That's a, oh, well, well, we'll have a pilot by that time, I hope. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be covered. <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate it. I really appreciate you hey. just taking some time and being thoughtful about this and asking questions and letting me to, I guess, if nothing else, just letting me chew through uh, chew through my thoughts. Hey, good to hear him and, and uh, wish you the best. All right. Well, have fun on okay. your vacation. All right, Aaron. Take care. Thanks. For everyone listening, I really appreciate it. If you found this valuable, please share it. Uh, it's really, really appreciated when you when you share it. Um, I've been loving all the the comments, and and I'm glad people are finding value. So if you are, share it with other folks that you think might enjoy it. And until then, stay dirty, and we'll see you on another episode of Dirt Talk.